feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. You know, when I started Vendasta seven years ago and started to build out sales organization, Brendan King, our CEO, came to me and said, you got to go to this convention. And I, I was actually excited to go to a convention. And then as the years went by, conventions started to become this love-hate thing that I had. I either loved them because there was some really good content at them, or I hated them because there was no leads and the content I'd heard before and the, there was horrible speakers that they had not vetted or coached. Um, anyways, I'm getting into the reasons why I don't like conventions or conferences. Then I met this guy named Neil Polachek and Neil has been advising SaaS companies over the years. He was involved in the Kelsey group, BIA Kelsey, who put on some great, amazing conventions and conferences. And he has started this new thing where he's out speaking to local business people man after my own heart, and he is telling them that they need to think like an app. Neil Polachek is coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. Hey, Neil, welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast. Thank you, George. It's good to have you on the show. I want to talk a little bit about the work that you're doing with uh, Mm -hmm. various SaaS companies you were advising these organizations and, and you're involved with the, the senior leadership. You know, I want to jump right into it and put you on the hot seat. What are you hearing from these executives and leaders of these organizations when it comes to sales, the challenges that their sales organizations are having? What, if you were to just distill it down into one thing that you hear over and over and over again, and, and I'm looking for the problem, I'm looking for the challenge, what would that challenge be? I think the challenge is that, you know, even if you, if you roll back the tape of even a decade, these business owners were getting calls from a lot of people trying to sell them media solutions and advertising solutions. And now a decade later, many are still selling media and advertising solutions, but now there's a whole nother layer of people trying to sell them SaaS solutions. And what I think I hear most often is, and this is really being heard from the merchants more than the owners of the companies. But, you know, the business owners, they're frustrated because when people get on the phone and start talking to them, they don't really know much about that business owner's business. Mm -hmm. And I think that we saw this, you know, when I was helping the folks at Buzzboard, we were trying to bring some more data to the sales representatives so that they could have a more compelling conversation with the business owner. I think that's still a big challenge out in the marketplace. And I also think that, you know, while you and I could talk about cloud solutions and SaaS and, you know, talk that language, you know, all day long, these business owners are really worried about payroll and and finding good help and fulfilling on the promise that they're trying to deliver to their customers. And SaaS and cloud and all that stuff that maybe is kind of interesting to private equity and VCs and folks like us is not terribly interesting to these guys. So I think it's the challenge of getting the, these people who are selling to these business owners to really focus on how they can help them in language that they can help them. You hear that often? Listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir and, and I appreciate you bringing this up because I think it is the big challenge. We've got 
amazing new pieces of technology. And with anything that's amazing and new, salespeople and marketers immediately go, wow, we got to feature benefit them. We've got to say, this is awesome stuff. Let's take them through how awesome it is. And the business owner is sitting back there going, you know, I care about marketing about as much as I always have cared, which is very little because I'm concerned about making payroll and that my staff is ripping me off. And it has never been more important for a sales, this is my bold statement, but I'm, I'm looking to see if you agree with me. It's never been more important for the salesperson to have a compelling elevator pitch that's simple and then be able to speak to the objection because there always is going to be an objection and you need to be able to speak to that. Once those two pieces are in place, and I'm not saying that that's simple, then you, you raise the confidence level of the salesperson. And, and that's really what we need to do at a leadership level. I agree. But I think the third piece of that is, is to have some domain knowledge. The person on the phone pitching the, the business owner has to have some context to understand those objections. Why does the medical provider object differently from the home services provider? Mm. If you don't understand the differences in those categories and those industries and can't connect with that business owner because you don't know the particulars, then I think you're really challenged. And I think this comes to sort of the the notion of hurt a lot, but I haven't seen much of it in verticalization because I think a lot of sales organizations want to sort of boil the ocean and be vertical at the same time. And as soon as they start to verticalize, they go, oh, well, there's an opportunity over there. And it's really hard. It takes a lot of discipline glad you brought that up because a week ago I was with an organization that we work with. Speaking of verticalization, here's what's happened is there are entire organizations that have done this. Their entire revenue motion and business proposition is around solving the dentist's problem. And that's what makes it so hard for a local seller that may have worked at the newspaper, the radio station, whatever it might be going, or even the local agency going in to see that client, is the people that are on the phone that just deal with dentists have great case studies. They can, they have the domain knowledge. They've got the solutions that can solve the problems. And, you know, I think you and I call them in the space pure play, but we're in there training the salesperson. And I believe it was that event that you and I were at in London where I was uh, speaking at, at Google and we went through the whole thing and I and one of the CEOs put their hand up and said, hey, George, what's the best package that's selling on the street? And I was kind of like, you didn't hear my presentation for the last 20 minutes. It's the package the customer needs to solve their problem. You know, this one size fits all thing is a recipe for disaster because somebody else is going to come in with a better solution. Yeah, and I think that's the crux of it is one size fits all is nice when you uh, lay it out in a Excel spreadsheet and do the modeling of it <laughs> for your to get your round of financing. But it just doesn't, you know, really work that well in on the street uh, in reality. And that's what's really hard for a lot of companies is to adjust to the reality when oh the spreadsheet you know says we should be doing X number of closes per day across all these various categories. And it's hard. I also think that, you know, I have a view that we're going through a generational shift in the next three to five years when a whole lot of business owners are having to take the sort of time to say, should I modernize my business today? Because I have all these opportunities to buy these SaaS things and these the software, 
or should I wait until I get ready to sell this thing in three to five years? Because there is a big, large number of baby boomers who will in the next three to seven years sell their businesses, whether it's a dental practice, a auto repair shop, a window covering shop, what have you. These owners are sitting around saying to themselves, well, do I really need to put in this new technology and pull my hair out to get it to work and all that stuff? Or should I just wait for the next guy to do it? Well, and you, you and I both have ran into this over the last number of years when we're working with media companies. You, you walk into the room, you got the sales team sitting there, and you just point out the three people that are two years away from retirement and say there's no use training those people because they're just riding the wave. Well, and that's on the seller side, George, but there's a whole buyer side that's going through that same thing. What you're you know? saying, if I can read you correctly, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing, I actually agree with you 100%, is there is a different sales pitch to the customer that is looking to exit in X number of years um, than there is to the buyer that might be the, the new business owner or is, you know, under the age of 35 and is, is tech savvy. You've got it. Now you got to have a different pitch depending upon the type of prospect because they're they're Again, their needs are different. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And their willingness to sort of engage in the process of, of modernizing, so to speak, putting all this technology in place, their willingness to do that is very different, I think. And I think the pitch to the, the owner who's looking to exit or sell their practice or business in three to seven years is you're going to get a better premium. You're going to get a better price for your business if it's modernized and you do the modernization. Then if you let it languish and the next owner has to do that, you know, my view is these business owners do need to modernize their business now. And in three to seven years, it'll fundamentally be a better business and they'll be able to sell it for a better price. Now, that's a piece of research I want to try and do and I've been wanting to try and do for a long time. I believe that that is going to be the case. I think you've hit the nail right on the head is that there's a higher valuation if you adopt these new practices. In fact, your exit is going to be hurt if you don't do it. That's my contention. And I believe that over time, we're going to see that play out in premiums that are paid for small, medium-sized businesses that have modernized because it's like if I modern, if I put copper in my house in the plumbing and I put uh, insulation in my house, I should be able to get a better return on that, you know, than if I don't. I mean, people say you get money out of the bathroom you remodel. It's the same thing. So, you know, the next the next question, and, and I'm not sure if you're a watcher of, uh, of Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins went on this whole tangent here the last couple of years around, um, you know, the exit of your business. And, it, you know, it, it makes sense because the population is is aging. You know, we're going to have this mass exodus of business owners. They're going to either turn it over to their kids. They're going to sell the business. We need to be thinking about an exit. And I remember listening to a podcast or reading some material where the first thing that you have to break through with that business owner, they didn't start, they started the business so long ago and they've been going to business every day to do what they do because that's their life. And that they haven't been thinking about an exit strategy. You're going to walk in and say, now you need to transition to the cloud and here's all the things you need to be competing. At the heart of it, it is an exit strategy discussion and evaluation discussion that they've never even had before. What's your advice on on how to have that conversation or even start that conversation? 
I think that if I were selling to those types of business owners, I'd start to find other, I'd start to find examples of business owners that have started to do that. I often refer to my friend, Dan, the dentist. This is a real life person. He's, he bought a bunch of new technology for his practice. He's about my age. He's going to retire in three to seven years. You know, he's going to exit. And I said, Dan, why have you made that investment? And he said, because, well, it may not benefit me directly today. It makes my employees and my staff feel like they're part of a modern business. And if that happens, then they give better patient experience. And it all eventually leads to me getting a better return when I sell my practice. It's those, it, it's like, you know, maybe the, the business owner doesn't want to modernize it for themselves individually, but they probably should be thinking about their employees who want to work for a forward-leaning business rather than a stagnant uh, following business. So that's one way I would think about um, how to position it with these sort of business owners that are scratching their head wondering what to do. Sell the benefits of their employees getting the benefits. And then if the employees are happy, the customer experience is better. If the customer experience is better, they can charge more. If they can charge more, they can make more money. I love that tactic. I don't want to get lost on the thing that you said earlier that I really liked, and that was around having some insights to go in because the you know Dan the dentist doesn't even know what his problems are. Um, so if you had some sort of way to show some insights in a concise and easy to understand manner, and I love tying it to the staff. So now let's dig into Think Like an App. I, I want to learn all about it in eight minutes. What, what do you got for me? Tell me where, where this came from. I was asked by a large media company here in the U.S., Local IQ, to go around and talk about the customer journey. They asked me to think about this late last year. I came up with this notion that what I really should be talking about to business owners is that they don't need to build an app. George, but they need to start to think about how they engage with their customers the way apps engage with us today. Because the world is being run by the app world, and our experiences are being defined by the app world, and our expectations as consumers are being defined by the app world. So what I do is in, the, in my presentation, I take these business owners kind of through a journey of how the modern consumer is expecting to engage with them, whether it's from being open all the time. I mean, you don't go to an app and the app doesn't go, oh, sorry, we're not open. You know, it's five after 530. <laughs> sorry, leave a message on the app. Apps work 24 by 7 by 365. My United app knows my name. You know, it knows how many miles I've been flying. So these things, these apps that we're getting really comfortable engaging with are really changing the customer experience expectations out there. What I tell these business owners is they need to do the same thing. They need to not necessarily build an app because I think that's probably inappropriate for a lot of businesses, but they need to start to engage the way apps engage with us. Serve up insight. You know, one of the big things I talk about is tracking. Our apps do a lot of tracking, whether it's me watching the Uber driver drive to my location or somebody who has the Domino's app watching the Domino's pizza get built. Apps are tracking stuff, or it's the Amazon app saying the package left, the package has arrived. 
we're all having that expectation. So as a business owner, what data can you serve out to your customers? Doesn't have to be through an app that can tell them about the process or progress of their service or their order or what have you. And so we go through a whole series of stuff. And what happens is these business owners, you know, the eyes get pretty wide and they kind of go, oh, so I could just do that and I would have better engagement with my customers, patients, clients. And I said, exactly. So I was talking to a friend of mine, a pain doctor up in um, Ashland, Oregon. And he says, well, what the heck is this think like an app thing, Neil? And I said, look, you have patients. They come in here with a pain level of X. Over two months, your job is to move that pain level from X down to Y, right? He says, yeah. He says, so what you're telling me, Neil, is that I should be sending out a message saying, hey, George, you came in here. Your pain was a 350. Your pain is now down to 120. Here are the things we've done. To do that. He, so he says, so that's what I need to do. I said, that's exactly right. Because now you're engaging with that patient. You're reaffirming the patient experience that you're delivering to them. You're reaffirming that you've helped them and they've been participating in the lowering of their pain. So it can apply to virtually every business out there. And it's just a different way of thinking about, you know, how to engage with the customer. And I think it applies to agencies. It, it applies to virtually everybody out there. You're absolutely right. No, it makes a lot of sense. As we've been sitting here, I've received 16 notifications from various apps that are loaded on my iPad and my phone. And, you know, I'm dismissing them because I'm paying attention to you. I'm not multitasking. I'm very focused on you, Neil. They're telling me things that are happening and it's adding to the value proposition of what I bought or what, you know, why I signed up to that app in the first place. So we are very much engaged that way as consumers. I'm going to the dentist on Friday. I was looking in the mirror this morning. I might want a bit of a cleaning. So when the dentist phones me to make sure that I show up for my appointment, which I think pretty much every dentist worth their salt does that. The reason why it's very yeah. expensive for them if we don't show up for our appointment. Right. But imagine right. if three people had canceled their cleanings. I'm in the market for a cleaning because I'm getting closer to that point. They go, oh, by the way, um, we had a last minute cancellation for a cleaning. Would, would you like one? I'd be like, yeah, I'd need one. I got, you know, this is not good. These are supposed to be white and they're purple or whatever it might be. So, you know, my point is, is that you've really hit the nail on the head. We need to look at the apps that are out there. We need to look at that experience because that's what our customers are expecting. They have been spoon-fed this experience since the App Store was created and Google Play and everything else that's out there. And, and now there's that level of expectation. Now, the, the interesting thing, keep in mind, I come from um, a media sales background and we would walk into the customer and say, listen, we got 42,000 people listen to the radio station. Um, you're looking for females 18 to 34. I've got 40% of the market based on the last ratings period. And we're dealing with all these massive numbers. And when I dig into it, we're running this ad, we're sending it out to 50,000 people and you might get one customer in the door. Now we're in this space where we have these digital solutions and we've got to make it have some ROI. So just getting the notification isn't really making my till ring. How do you see that we're going to have to work as local business people and helping them with their marketing to really show them that ROI? What's the, you know, if you were, you were to, to look at ROI and that ROI discussion, 
How do you think that's coming along? Because I know it's a work in progress, but do you think that we're getting better at showing ROI? I'm sure there's more data around ROI. I also think that the business owner, you know, wants the right kinds of customers. I mean, ROI is a calculation, right? You spend this, you get this back. The question is, what is this that you get back? Are those good customers? Are those customers who leave you, who leave satisfied that say good things about you to their neighbors that write good reviews about you? I mean, ROI is, it has to be done. But I think the story is bigger than ROI. It's around, it's around, you know, can you deliver, once you get that customer, can you deliver a compelling experience? Because, right. you know, ads can drive people to businesses. There's no question. They can deliver an ROI that's, me- you, know, calcul- you know, that you can calculate. The question is, how do we help these business owners take that and extend it much further? Build the lifetime value. Build the the social proof of that business. Those things are hard to calculate, but I'd argue they're almost more important than ROI. Because if if I just get the person into your shop and they buy something and it's a crappy experience and they don't say anything, that's kind of a almost a wasted dollar. But if we can help these business owners figure out how to think like an app how to leverage technology, how to deliver a better, more satisfying customer experience, then delivering that business owner a customer is super valuable. Well, Neil, I always a pleasure speaking to you and learning from you. And I think you have hit the nail right on the head with the Think Like an App message. Thanks for bringing that to the Conquer Local listeners. And we look forward to seeing you when we see you out on the conference circuit this uh, coming few months. I'm looking forward to it, George, and thanks for having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. So let's dig into what Neil was saying there. He, he's a very polite gentleman, so he didn't want to say that ROI is BS. But he did. He does want to say that. But here's what I think Neil is saying. We run an ad campaign, and we can get you clicks, and we can get you phone calls, and we might even be able to get you people into the business but it may not be the customers that you want because what business people want are great raving fan type customers that will refer them to their friends and build up that corpus of people that just love the business and are advocates for it online. So, you know, think like an app, just think about that for a moment. Think about all the apps that are communicating with you and then imagine the carpet store. Imagine the carpet store where you go in and you order the carpet and then it goes into this black hole and you don't know when it's coming in and when it's going to get delivered. Or even if they set a delivery date and you get busy and you forget that the delivery date is tomorrow at 10 a.m. Imagine if they just sent you a notification by email or by text and said, hey, reminder, this is Joe from the carpet store. We're going to be by there tomorrow at 10 a.m. Here's a picture of our delivery driver. He's been with us for 14 years. Just think about that for a moment when it comes to your business. I don't even care what business you're in. So Neil is on to something with this think like an app content that he is delivering to business people. And here's how you can prove if you're a raving fan. Have you recommended the podcast to one of your friends, neighbors, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles? You should do so. And also, if you've got feedback, I want your feedback. Come to my LinkedIn profile, George Leith on LinkedIn. Send me a message and we will uh, connect. And, and I love getting that intel from people that are listening to the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I will see you when I see you.
You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. 